Section 3 of The Journey of Coronado, 1540-1542, by Pedro de Castaneda, translated by George Parker Winship. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. The Narrative of Castaneda, First Part, Chapter 9. The General, as has been said, started to continue his journey from the valley of culiacan somewhat lightly equipped taking with him the friars since none of them wished to stay behind with the army after they had gone three days a regular friar who could say mass named friar antonio victoria broke his leg and they brought him back to the camp to have it doctored he stayed with the army after this which was no slight consolation for all. The general and his force crossed the country without trouble, as they found everything peaceful, because the Indians knew Friar Marcos and some of the others who had been with Melchior Diaz when he went with Juan de Saldivar to investigate. After the general had crossed the inhabited region and came to Chichilticale, where the wilderness begins, and saw nothing favorable he could not help feeling somewhat downhearted for although the reports were fine about what was ahead there was nobody who had seen it except the indians who went with the negro and these had already been caught in some lies besides all this he was much affected by seeing that the fame of chichilticale was summed up by one tumble-down house without any roof although it appeared to have been a strong place at some former time when it was inhabited and it was very plain that it had been built by a civilized and warlike race of strangers who had come from a distance the building was made of red earth from here they went on through the wilderness and in fifteen days they came to a river about eight leagues from Cibola, which they called Red River because its waters were muddy and reddish. In this river they found mullets like those of Spain. The first Indians from that country were seen here, two of them, who ran away to give the news. During the night following the next day, about two leagues from the village, some Indians in a safe place yelled so that although the men were ready for anything some were so excited that they put their saddles on hindsight before but these were the new fellows when the veterans had mounted and ridden around the camp the indians fled none of them could be caught because they knew the country the next day they entered the settled country in good order and when they saw the first village which was cibola such were the curses that some hurled at friar marcos that i pray god may protect him from them it is a little crowded village looking as if it had been crumpled all up together there are ranch houses in new spain which make a better appearance at a distance it is a village of about two hundred warriors is three or four stories high with the houses small and having only a few rooms and without a courtyard 
one yard serves for each section the people of the whole district had collected here for there are seven villages in the province and some of them are even larger and stronger than cibola these folks waited for the army drawn up by divisions in front of the village when they refused to have peace on the terms the interpreters extended to them but appeared defiant the santiago the war cry was given and they were at once put to flight the spaniards then attacked the village which was taken with not a little difficulty since they held the narrow and crooked entrance during the attack they knocked the general down with a large stone and would have killed him but for don garcia lopez de cardenas and hernando de alvarado who threw themselves above him and drew him away receiving the blows of the stones which were not few but the first fury of the spaniards could not be resisted and in less than an hour they entered the village and captured it they discovered food there which was the thing they were most in need of after this the whole province was at peace the army which had stayed with don tristan de ariano started to follow their general all loaded with provisions with lances on their shoulders and all on foot so as to have the horses loaded with no slight labor from day to day they reached a province which cabeza de vaca had named hearts corazones because the people here offered him many hearts of animals he founded a town here and named it san jeronimo de los corazones st jerome of the hearts after it had been started it was seen that it could not be kept up here and so it was afterward transferred to a valley which had been called sonora the spaniards call it sonora and so it will be known by this name from here a force went down the river to the sea-coast to find the harbor and to find out about the ships don rodrigo maldonado who was captain of those who went in search of the ships did not find them but he brought back with him an indian so large and tall that the best man in the army reached only to his chest it was said that other indians were even taller on the coast after the rains ceased the army went on to where the town of sonora was afterward located because there were provisions in that region so that they were able to wait there for orders from the general about the middle of the month of september captains melchior diaz and juan gallego came from cibola juan gallego on his way to new spain and melchior diaz to stay in the new town of hearts in command of the men who remained there he was to go along the coast in search of the ships chapter ten of how the army started from the town of sonora leaving it inhabited and how it reached cibola and of what happened to captain melchior diaz on his expedition in search of the ships and how he discovered the tison firebrand river after melchior diaz and juan gallego had arrived in the town of sonora it was announced that the army was to depart for cibola 
that Melchior Diaz was to remain in charge of that town with 80 men, that Juan Gallego was going to New Spain with messages for the Viceroy, and that Friar Marcos was going back with him because he did not think it was safe for him to stay in Cibola, seeing that his report had turned out to be entirely false, because the kingdoms that he had told about had not been found, nor the populous cities, nor the wealth of gold, nor the precious stones which he had reported, nor the fine clothes, nor other things that had been proclaimed from the pulpits. When this had been announced, those who were to remain were selected, and the rest loaded their provisions and set off in good order about the middle of September, on the way to Cibola following their general. Don Tristan de Ariano stayed in this new town with the weakest men, and from this time on there was nothing but mutinies and strife, because after the army had gone, Captain Melchior Diaz took twenty-five of the most efficient men, leaving in his place one Diego de Alcaraz, a man unfitted to have people under his command. He took guides and went toward the north and west in search of the seacoast. After going about 150 leagues, they came to a province of exceedingly tall and strong men, like giants. They are naked and live in large straw cabins built underground like smokehouses, with only the straw roof above ground. They enter these at one end and come out the other. More than a hundred persons, old and young, sleep in one cabin. When they carry anything, they can take a load of more than three or four hundred weight on their heads. Once, when our men wished to fetch a log for the fire, and six men were unable to carry it, one of these Indians is reported to have come and raised it in his arms, put it on his head alone, and carried it very easily. They eat bread cooked in the ashes, as big as the large two-pound loaves of Castile. On account of the great cold, they carry a firebrand, Tison, in the hand when they go from one place to another, with which they warm the other hand and the body as well, and in this way they keep shifting it every now and then. On this account, the large river which is in that country was called Rio del Tison, Firebrand River. It is a very great river, and is more than two leagues wide at its mouth. Here it is half a league across. Here the captain heard that there had been ships at a point three days down toward the sea. When he reached the place where the ships had been, which was more than fifteen leagues up the river from the mouth of the harbor, they found written on a tree, Alarcon reached this place. There are letters at the foot of this tree. He dug up the letters and learned from that how long Alarcon had waited for news of the army, and that he had gone back with the ships to New Spain because he was unable to proceed further, since this sea was a bay which was formed by the Isle of the Marquis, which is called California, and it was explained that 
California was not an island, but a point of the mainland forming the other side of the gulf. After he had seen this, the captain turned back to go up the river without going down to the sea to find a ford by which to cross to the other side so as to follow the other bank. After they had gone five or six days, it seemed to them as if they could cross on rafts. For this purpose, they called together a large number of the natives, who were waiting for a favorable opportunity to make an attack on our men. And when they saw that the strangers wanted to cross, they helped make the rafts with all zeal and diligence, so as to catch them in this way on the water and drown them, or else so divide them that they could not help one another. While the rafts were being made, a soldier who had been out around the camp saw a large number of armed men go across to a mountain where they were waiting till the soldiers should cross the river. He reported this, and an Indian was quietly shut up in order to find out the truth. And when they tortured him, he told all the arrangements that had been made. These were that when our men were crossing and part of them had got over and part were on the river and part were waiting to cross, those who were on the rafts should drown those they were taking across and the rest of their force should make an attack on both sides of the river. If they had had as much discretion and courage as they had strength and power, the attempt would have succeeded. When he knew their plan, the captain had the Indian who had confessed the affair killed secretly, and that night he was thrown into the river with a weight, so that the Indians would not suspect that they were found out. The next day they noticed that our men suspected them, and so they made an attack, shooting showers of arrows. But when the horses began to catch up with them, and the lances wounded them without mercy, and the musketeers likewise made good shots, they had to leave the plain and take to the mountain, until not a man of them was to be seen. The force then came back and crossed all right, the Indian allies and the Spaniards going across on the rafts, and the horses swimming alongside the rafts, where we will leave them to continue their journey. To relate how the army that was on its way to Cibola got on. Everything went along in good shape, since the general had left everything peaceful, because he wished the people in that region to be contented and without fear and willing to do what they were ordered. In a province called Vacapan, there was a large quantity of prickly pears, of which the natives make a great deal of preserves. They gave this preserve away freely, and as the men of the army ate much of it, they all fell sick with a headache and fever, so that the natives might have done much harm to the force if they had wished. This lasted regularly twenty-four hours. After this they continued their march until they reached Chichilticale. The men in the advance guard saw a flock of sheep one day after leaving the place. I myself saw and followed them. 
They had extremely large bodies and long wool. Their horns were very thick and large, and when they run, they throw back their heads and put their horns on the ridge of their back. They are used to the rough country, so that we could not catch them and had to leave them. Three days after we entered the wilderness, we found a horn on the bank of a river that flows in the bottom of a very steep, deep gully, which the general had noticed and left there for his army to see, for it was six feet long and as thick at the base as a man's thigh. It seemed to be more like the horn of a goat than any other animal. It was something worth seeing. The army proceeded and was about a day's march from Cibola when a very cold tornado came up in the afternoon, followed by a great fall of snow, which was a bad combination for the carriers. The army went on till it reached some caves in a rocky ridge late in the evening. The Indian allies, who were from New Spain, and for the most part from warm countries, were in great danger. They felt the coldness of that day so much that it was hard work the next day taking care of them, for they suffered much pain and had to be carried on the horses, the soldiers walking. After this labor, the army reached Cibola, where their general was waiting for them, with their quarters all ready, and here they were reunited except some captains and men who had gone off to discover other provinces. End of chapter 10 and section 3